well-rounded geek podcast episode 26 with me in the studio today is david ritchie for another stoner in the scholar sports show where we talk about the latest in sports news and give our opinions or hot takes on sports topics what's up man what's going on dude been a minute it's been a minute but ironically when i was writing up this outline we recorded the same date last year because i couldn't save this outline yeah that's weird so it's already a year later how many 26 huh 26 from all the podcast episodes i'm not sure what any stoner and a scholar but majority are these i mean i'm i'm able to get together with you more we've done a lot i have it written down in a a notebook somewhere at home our first one yeah the date yeah you've been the most frequent and i'm pumped that i have you in the studio today and it's one of the topics that we'll talk about but you are a, a new, dad. new dad. I can't believe I pulled you away. So Dude. we'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, we'll definitely talk about the NBA Finals. We'll talk about some UFC 275. And if we have time, we'll talk about some WWE Vince McMahon stuff. Because I know that gets you all hot and bothered and <laughs> you're passionate about that. But let's start off the show. Dad life. Dad life. Crazy. Is your mind blown? It's, uh, it's definitely different than anything i could have imagined and it's a big adjustment are you exhausted like i'm i'm at times yeah but i don't feel like a walking zombie every day and i think that's a shout out to my baby good partnership helps having a good partner that will you know we divvy up and she does a lot and of course right in the early stages the baby is super attached to mom anyway so it's kind of that on top of, you know, her being just super supportive. Now, you're having to juggle juggle work, too. Yeah, going back to work was a struggle. Like, first week sucked. Yeah. It did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have an old it's, coworker. It's because it's late nights, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, my old coworker said. Late nights with the baby, I mean. And I have a different kind of schedule going on right now. I'm training at a different place, and that place is kind of more of a more high-end fancier type of setting so it's open only at night so from five to ten on some nights five to twelve on some nights and then one o'clock other nights depending on which day it is you know what i mean so those nights get late and then you get home and you're on baby duty for a couple hours and then you you fall asleep and then like two hours later or three hours later right he's right back at it needing to eat and you're like are you secretly like low-key annoyed but then you go and hold them and you're like I can't be mad at you because not I love even you. not even really like I wake like if I wake up about it it's kind of just like right on it like even if she if I wake up or she like wakes me up to like go grab a bottle or something it's kind of just like right on it's kind of instinct now it's weird how it snap it changed so fast bro everything's about everything is about that little dude yeah but it's the greatest thing ever I look at it and I'm like that's fucking me and a little I believe human, it. dude it's crazy. <laughs> It's insane. It's a young Patrakis. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want him to do I just look at him and I go, oh my God, please don't do anything that I did from 13 to 18. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> well, I'm hyped for you, dude. Yeah, you, I still got to bring him over or somewhere for you and Nat to meet him. He yeah. hasn't, unfortunately, 
it's all been like family really so far he hasn't met any of the the homies yet which is which kind of sucks but eventually it will happen yeah natalie's excited. I'm excited yeah she i mean she's more used to it than i am sure I, i'm just how many babies have you been around y- for me it wasn't a lot it's so foreign <laughs> to me that i feel so uncomfortable because i don't want to like hurt that's how some or break that's or how something. a lot of guys are man it's funny just some of the guys in my family that are a little bit older even my dad at first i'm like you want to hold him well, this was at the hospital like he was little little and he's like, no, I'm so scared. Like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to drop or, like, hurt him or, any, you know, anything to go wrong. And I'm like, you're fine, man. Just, you know, take a seat and hold him, sit back, and he'll be fine. But uh, it, it it's funny because I hear a lot of people say that. Like, oh, I don't want to, like, hurt him or something like that. Yeah, that's how I'm going to feel. I get it. For sure. Right. But congrats, dude. Thanks, man. Um, I'm hype. It's great. Hopefully now the podcast will be like an excuse for you to. One day we're going to have a little shooter out there playing with us somewhere when we're shooting around. That'd be clutch. (laughs) But I don't want to tear my ACL at that point. I'm already feeling like I'm at that point. (laughs) But anyways, we'll transition from dad life to some NBA talk. Um, I did want to talk about the NBA playoffs. Just what your thoughts were on the playoffs as a whole and then obviously the outcome was the Warriors won which yeah. we had a feeling we we predicted that quite early like we were discussing this early into the season and they won pretty handily i mean there were a couple games there against the Celtics where it was like ooh they're struggling but yeah but there's blowout games you know, too they are and that's what beastly. i that would be the one thing i would uh say for the playoffs this year that was strange to me and seemed like unlike any other year was the amount of like blowout games it was abysmal seeing that it's weird it's weird to see it at like the top like when you got the best you know the eight best teams and best you know best 16 teams in the in the league playing in the playoffs and you see teams getting blown up by 20 points or more it's just like it's just weird, man. It's almost unheard of that that happens, and it's worrying yeah. me that players at this professional level are taking nights off. Do you agree? Like, like it's not as serious? Yeah, like they understand that they can have a bad game and take a night off or something and then come back, and I just I don't like that. Right. But it also leaves a bad taste in my mouth because I thought the playoffs were going great in the beginning because – all the teams that we, the familiar faces that we normally see that we're almost sick of at this point going deep, right. were losing early on. And it was a lot of the young guns, the young faces that you want to see carry the NBA forward um, that going is re- deeper. And I was yeah, hype. That and is refreshing. Pumped. But then the blowouts yeah. were just, it doesn't get you excited for a series when you see that but it just shows you like the difference too, the difference between like the warriors and the mavericks the warriors yeah. and the celtics you know even a lot of people think the celtics shouldn't even have got there you know um they a lot of people say if it wasn't <clears throat> for middleton being out they wouldn't have they went seven games anyway with milwaukee oh no i mean i was i definitely didn't give the celtics credit so i need to give them credit you know where it's due, sure. It's but not. the reason I didn't give them credit is because I still think the Bucks would have went to the finals, right? For sure, and a healthy Middleton would have. There's just you can't convince me any other way that it that they wouldn't have 
um, had a pretty clear path to the finals if that team was healthy, you know, but um, that's not what happened. They lost, and the Celtics win. They went, and in moments, I feel like they were overachieving because I, I didn't really give them a chance against Golden State, but then there were moments where Tatum and Brown just completely collapsed, especially yeah. Tatum. Yeah. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. How do you feel about Tatum? I feel like he's like teetering between like the All Star superstar level, but he's just like not. Something's not getting him over the hump. And like, I don't know if it was game five or six, but when he went, he had like no. What do you have? Two or four points or something like that. The second half and a bunch of turnovers. Terrible man. He was you a can't turnover do that machine. And win win games, let alone championship. Yeah. Especially against like a good defensive team like Golden State. I just don't know how to feel about him, period, like as a player. Something about him doesn't excite me. Something bothers me and yeah. I don't know what. Yeah. I think it's because he's trying to emulate his game too much after Kobe or just things like that and he just isn't that right. player when yeah. it comes down to it he doesn't have ice in his veins. The shots that he should have been making, he was at points Literally airballing right. those shots and then turning the ball over and stuff. And that just completely takes the wind out of your team's sails when you're turning the ball over or throwing up a brick. So he sort of bothers me. But kudos to Golden State, man. They they went from a team that I really did enjoy watching to a team I despise because KD joined them. And then they're back to a team I really do enjoy watching. And Steph is a dog. He that is. team is nowhere near the offensive team that it was years ago. And Steph sort of had to carry that team offensively. Yeah. And he did. Right. They had uh you know, a couple of people step up here and there, but there wasn't like the consistency from Clay. Draymond's not the same offensive player he was. Oh, he's terrible. Years ago. Um Wiggins did have that one game where he had twenty six and Wiggins is what won them this championship, in my opinion. And then they got, you know, they played good defense. They got good coaching. And Wiggins was and another example of that. At the end of the day, you still do have the two best shooters in the game and, you know, top five of all time on your team. So, yeah, that's a good recipe for. It's going to be interesting to see who comes out next year now to compete if these teams are healthy and especially how some of the. The West teams are gonna unfold in this off season and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what plays out. I love the uh, free agency period. Me too. The draft and the free agency. It's it gets me excited about the season every time, the start of it. You know. Yeah. And I'm. I mean, I know we're not gonna probably deep dive into Pistons or anything, but super excited for Cade's second year and what we do in the draft. I'm hyped. Me too. So we could talk about the draft now. The draft is coming up this, I think it's Thursday. It's uh, June 23rd, 8 p.m. Eastern time. We have the fifth pick. We haven't spoken since we last, we're talking pre-lottery. Right. So we didn't, we didn't talk about we how had. we got screwed. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm still upset that we got screwed. You know, I was really high on those top three, at least uh, three. Would have been nice. But at the end of the day, I'm not – I I feel like I'm not doing what the typical Detroit fans do where they 
almost like the Tigers offseason where we could have had Correa, but we we signed Baez and he sucks. And you have to like paint it as a good thing that we signed Baez. <laughs> I'm not. I truly do, am not doing this. I am sold on Jaden Ivy now. After I've seen everything unfold, it sucks that we can't get one of these bigs, like one of these bigger forwards, right. which we need. Mm-hmm. That's a pivotal piece, a pivotal need for us. But I also think a one-two guard punch with Cade is a pivotal need as well because Killian Hayes is going to be coming off the bench. Sure. He's a great defender. He has a lot to work on. I hope he can improve offensively, but he's not going to be that one-two punch with Cade. Right. He needs someone else, and I'm completely content with Jaden Ivey because he wants to be here. I want someone to come here that really wants to play for the Pistons. Right, absolutely. Now, we're our, we are linked to Shaden Sharp as well because we're fifth, so the Kings could swoop in and take another Do whatever, guard. yeah. But they keep drafting guards. They're unpredictable, too. And then we're also linked to Keegan Murray, so... What I wanted from you is just like, who are you? Like, who do you want the Pistons to draft? I would either go at five. You know, obviously, if there's a miracle and somebody can drop and you get can get one of those big guys, but it's probably just really unlikely that'll happen. But probably either Ivy or Sharp. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. And at first, if you would have told me the Pistons were drafting fifth and we would end up with Ivy or Sharp, I'd be so mad. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm truly not trying to look for like a silver lining or anything. I'm sort of pumped that we can add some free agent assets and then draft. That'll be interesting too to like see who wants to come here now. Yeah. I mean, you got, I want people that want to come here, man. We got a young squad, man, and shit's looking up. For that, for our organization and the team, so it'll be really interesting to see if you know any kind of elite players want to come play here. You know, yeah, I'm hopeful that they do. And Jaden Ivy says he wants to come here. His mom played for the Shock. Uh, he has Pistons ties. He's super athletic. He's got hops. He can drive. He needs to work on his outside shot, but I just think he would really compliment Cade. Yeah. He could be a physical defender, which is good, and we need that. 100%. And then I'm fine with Shaden Sharp as long as he <laughs> can reach like his ceiling. It's just there's so much unknown with him because he didn't play in college. Uh, but if we, if we have to take Sharp because the Kings take Ivy, I'm fine with that. And then Keegan Murray... I don't want Keegan Murray. Unless yeah. the only way I want Keegan Murray is if we can move Jeremy Grant to possibly the Blazers or something and he falls bit. down there because he's just very similar to Jeremy Grant. So I would think, be fine. Do you think, not to interrupt, but do you think moving Grant involves having to move the number fifth pick? No, I hope or not. But picks, what know. I think's happening with Grant is. I feel like we value him more than other teams actually might. Right. So he's not – he really is sort of a role player on some of these better teams. But to us, he's like a superstar. But on some of these better teams, he is sort of a role player. So that's why it's like I only want Keegan Murray, whose ceiling is Jeremy Grant, in my opinion, if we can get rid of Jeremy Grant and 
And have more stock. And have more stock. Yeah. For sense. a cheaper price. Right. But, and get a younger, you know, hopefully version of that someday. Yeah. So we'll see. That's coming up the 23rd. We'll obviously talk about it next time we, we meet. But I just want to see the Pistons get more well-rounded and give Cade some help because he can't do it all. No. And even though he tried to do it all, right. he, he needs... We're still, we were still really bad last year. Yeah. We just were. And it shows your top five pick. We should have been top three. Uh, you definitely got work to do, but the young core is promising. Um, hopefully they just add to that. Hopefully... You know, maybe we'll see DeAndre Ayton in the Pistons jersey. That'd I would be, be hyped for that. Me too. That'd be dope as hell. We could honestly be a completely different team from last year to next year just from this free agency and draft. Right. And I know it probably sounds like I'm talking out of my ass because I felt the same way about the Tigers and they're just so bad. But I do have hope for – because the Pistons have money to spend and it seems like people – and they I, make the right I trust our GM to make right. the right decisions and get people here that want to be here where I don't think Al Avila with the Tigers necessarily spent the right money and got people here like that, you know? Right. So we'll see. Uh, the next topic I wanted to talk about was UFC 275, Teixeira versus Prohaska. I still struggle pronouncing that. Yuri Prohaska. <laughs> uh, that was... A pretty stacked card, uh, so we'll just go over the results and just talk about them. Wei Lee defeated Joanna, and then Joanna yeah. retired. That was actually pretty shocking to me because I thought it was going to be a close fight. Sure. Did you see the knockout? Yeah, I did. It was the brutal. spinning back fist. Yeah. I felt bad. Yeah, it's a gnarly way to go out, right? But I guess Joanna's been in it for a minute and. Uh... This was going to be like her run back, right? She was trying to, this was going to propel her to a title fight and, you know, try to make that one last run, maybe. Yeah, more uh, power to her because she doesn't want to continue to do this if she's not at the, at the highest level. Right. Right. Yeah, and she was sad and she was crying and getting emotional about it because you spend so much time in these training camps and then the fight's over that and quick. You've and you've tasted it too, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's tasted that success. You try to climb back to that mountain, you give everything you got, years and time and money and blood and sweat, and then you don't get the result that you hoped for. And I'd imagine that. Whaley's a beast, rough. though. I'm not surprised by that result she's, anyway. Joanna's a beast, too. But Whaley scares the shit out of me. I know. <laughs> I, it, isn't it crazy how much of a beast she is and how bad Rose embarrassed her? And then how bad then Rose's how last fight was? Yeah, that shit was stupid, man. That it's was, insane. She should be embarrassed Whaley's terrifying, and she hits so hard. And I'm not even sure Rose should have even lost that last fight. But she shouldn't be embarrassed by that shit, man. I, I agree. Bad. To think that the woman who just had that terrible decision embarrassed Whaley. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. That's insane. To me, at least. Right. But that just shows you how how weird the UFC can be at times. They're so the judging. next fight was Valentina Shevchenko versus Taylor Santos and... That fight was terrible. Dude, I almost fell asleep. <laughs> um, 
I thought Shevchenko might lose that fight, and it went to a split decision, and she won. Yeah. But we've talked about it before on the pod. Shevchenko usually wins her fights pretty handily, She's and at beast. times they can be slightly boring. But it was always it was like the Amanda Nunez effect. It was, but this one was bad. Yeah. Like. It was well, a terrible decision. She possibly could have lost, and I almost fell asleep. And I'm happy I didn't because the Prohaska Teixeira fight was sick. Uh, that could be fight of the year. That was back and forth. Yuri Prohaska won the belt, and he got a warm welcome when he went back home. Everyone yeah. was pumped about it. Yeah, um, they were live. What are your thoughts on Teixeira and Prohaska and Prohaska winning the belt? I kind of thought thought that Prohaska was gonna win it going in because. Who was I think when he fought Reyes, he knocked him out, I think, with a spinning elbow or fist, one of the two. And it was just like, it, uh, that something like that just automatically, automatically puts you on alert and on the map. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, he's just an intimidating looking dude. So when I seen him, and, you know, Glover's 42 now or Old something. Old as hell. Like yeah. Not to say that he can't do it because obviously he got the belt for a reason. He beat the. He beat Jan, but um, I kind of thought that Yuri would get it. I didn't think that he would get it the way he did. I didn't know that he could, you know, that was really a part of his game, the submission. I thought he would go in there and maybe put him out because he just seems like that type of fighter. But they went five rounds, right, and got it, got a submission in the end. But The crazy, crazy, like I just mentioned with Rose, and I think I've already talked to you about this, craziest thing to me is there's a champ in that division right now that has holes in his game i, I feel like yuri prohaska has holes in his sure. game and he just beat Teixeira, who john jones pieced apart when Teixeira was more in his prime so it's so crazy to me that that division's carried on and there's still not someone in my eyes yeah. that could convincingly beat john jones like yuri prohaska I would have thought he would give Jones some trouble, but now after seeing that Teixeira fight, because he was getting pieced up for a minute, right? Um, John Jones would destroy him, <laughs> and it's crazy. And I, Jones is a POS now. Everything that's happened, but you can't look past that unknown of like it's hard to get into that division when you know that there's someone else on this planet that would just destroy these people. Right? That it's not. Like, John Jones is lost, and he's, like, yeah, he's old not, now and right. retired he's or something. He's not out no. of that division because he lost. And I'm sure fight. he'll come back, too, because the UFC is all about their money and stuff. And he'll come back. But he'll probably come back um, and fight Stipe, it's looking like. But that card in general, everything sort of unfolded the way that I thought it was. I'm still having trouble watching some of these UFC events. I'm not getting into them nearly as much as nothing moves the needle. So let's talk about UFC 276 because the only person in the UFC right now that gets me the most hype is Adesanya. Yeah. But this fight in general sort of bores me. So (laughs) UFC 276, July 2nd, Adesanya versus Cannoneer, Volkanovski versus Holloway again, and then there's some other people on the card, but I'm also looking forward to the O'Malley, Munoz, fight as well so let's just briefly talk about that and then we'll obviously catch up after the fight but what do you think about sean o'malley first of all 
feel like I haven't seen, watched him fight in a minute. When was the last card he's been He's on? not as active as he should be for right. how much he talks, dude. He has, like, right. a podcast. I know. He's trying to make the money in that lane. I don't blame like him, but he just doesn't fight anyone that's... He hasn't. <laughs> that's hyper. And then when he, like, fought somebody that was solid... Cheeto Vera. He got fucked up. He did. <laughs> <laughs> but I know it was some fluke stuff with his... Yeah, shit. Injuries happen, stuff, but, but that's a loss. I know, and he, and he still wasn't particularly like, like it. Didn't seem like he was winning that fight. He he acts like he didn't lose that fight. That shit's funny. But I still <laughs> think he pieces up. He's Munoz. entertaining though. He is I, entertaining. I like you need people like that. You that do. would be you need who a, gets you need draws, me into bro. the UFC. You need draws, one hundred percent. Similar to Connor and all things those, like that. Yeah, all those companies thrive off somebody that they can fucking pony back on and ride. Yeah, they. Connor, they rode that shit. He was the man. Mm-hmm. He was, I feel like, as big as you could get. He put he set UFC the threshold. On the map, you know what I'm sure. saying? Yeah. He did 100%. I didn't really even pay attention to and UFC they, until he I started hearing He put them on name. the map so much that he has not been nearly as active, but his fights and pay-per-view buys are untouched. With Khabib and Poirier and Diaz, Diaz, they're untouched. Right, they're all like the greatest selling events and think in about, the history of that. Think about company. all the hype behind all those fights. Right, there's two Diaz, there's three Poiriers, right, and obviously Khabib one time, and that was just insane. The before and after, there's a lot of noise around that that dude and what he does for the company. It's, as far as what he can, he can generate. It's insane that no one's close I know. to those, though. And right. the history of the UFCs. There's been vast. no character like that, though. Right. That can transcend the sport like mm-hmm. Jordan did with basketball, you know. and Had a whole country behind him. Right, and do different things and things like that. So they need to get people like that and push those people because I'm starting to get bored with the UFC, man, because they've ruined the legitimacy of some of the belts with some of the interim titles and things that they do I hate interim with the titles. weight cutting and stuff. And then I sometimes feel like interims hold a certain purpose. Right. But I feel like UFC does too much with it. Yeah. Like the UFC feel like, I feel like do interim titles when there's already a champion and your champions healthy. Right. Like they did the the heavyweight intro. Nagano. Terrible. That shit made no sense. It's so bad. They did the shit with uh before the Khabib Gaethje fight. The title what? fights used to be where with it was Fergus, at. It was Ferguson and Gaethje for that belt, right? Why? It's bad. And if you're gonna watch the UFC, usually you could get behind those title fights. You're like licking your chops, thinking, Yes, like let's watch I mean, the two competition title is fights. good. It the right? com- it is, but, but there's no this the, the the interim belt thing. What does that mean? What does that do for a guy? You know, it does nothing, and no, none of the fighters respect it either. Like they're like, don't Gaethje put this threw on the me. fucking belt away. I know. <laughs> it's like a joke. It is, and it's ruining it for me personally. But I am looking forward to Volkanovski Holloway three even though i've seen it and i'm bored of it i am looking forward to possibly seeing holloway get the dub because yeah, i, I feel like he deserved the dub last fight definitely feel like he deserved it uh the second time around first time he got pieced the fuck up but volk's not is no slouch no man. he's a beast he can bring it and uh, i wouldn't it wouldn't shock me that he beats holloway it wouldn't shock me either if he does i'm not so, gonna be, be happy because i'm so 
bored, but... Well, here's the thing, though. If Holloway beats him and it's for the strap, they got to fight again, right? Yeah, it's crazy how so many... So are four fights? How many, how many times the UFC has people fought four times? Well, the Tito other Ortiz thing... Ortiz and Chuck Liddell, like... The other thing that I'm <laughs> noticing is the divisions are so stacked at the very top. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, that almost every, every division has a champ and a number one contender that are leaps and bounds better than everyone else. Than number two and Yeah, so they just keep fighting back and forth because when they do take a loss, like, say, um, Colby Covington. Say Colby, you know, he keeps fighting Usman. He falls back and he fights someone. Watch him piece up whoever he fights, and then he's back in contention with the champ again. Right. There's talks about him and Poirier fighting now. I would be down for that. Sign me up for that. Yeah, it'd be a fight to watch. Because I want to see Poirier shut him up. It'd be <laughs> but nice. I don't know. It it could be. Colby's he, good. He is good. I hate to I hate, hate him, him, but he's good. <laughs> but he's fucking. But good. it's a situation like that where these champs and these number one contenders just keep fighting and going back and forth because there's not as stiff of competition beneath them. Uh, Adesanya Cannoneer is the first that feels like. It's finally someone that's been working their way up in that division getting a shot. Right, winning fights. But I just don't think fights. that he's on Adesanya's level at all. I agree. And watch me, watch, when you say shit like that, that's when the knockout happens on a champ. It's like some shocking thing. But Adesanya's just bigger. He's he's like 6'4". I think Cannoneer's like 5'10 or 5'11". They probably have similar reach because they weigh... A similar amount, obviously, but Adesanya is too talented, and I'm I'm pretty sure Cannoneer is just more of a stand-up fighter, which is not a recipe for success against Adesanya, right? right? The only loss that we've seen is when he went up and fought Jan. He didn't even lose because he was scrapping. He lost because he was... Yeah, he was getting out-wrestled and out-worked, but I'm still looking forward to that card uh, July 2nd, so... We'll watch that. Next time we get together, we'll talk about the Pistons draft, and we'll talk about the UFC 276. I did want to end the show just briefly talking about the WWE news, and you can touch on that as much as you see fit, but Vince McMahon has had a lot of drama that's been unearthed this last week. It would seem like it's deep water, right? It is, and he stepped down. Uh, as CEO, he's still on board doing some creative duties and things like that. He was on SmackDown, had a very, very vague. Did you watch that announcement? Yeah, it was weird. It was so weird. Of course, he would. My friend uh, was calling this all work, and I was like, the whole dude, thing, the whole thing, and yeah. I was like, dude, it's not. It's not a work because no guy. billionaire <laughs> wants this type of stain on their name, but want, he sure as hell will turn it into a work. You don't want that bad publicity. I mean, we're not talking about, like, we're talking about some serious shit, man. Yeah. We're not talking about, not just, like, hush money either, but there's allegations of some things he did violating women and, you know, that worked for him under the company and... There's rape allegations and stuff, and this is yeah, it's serious, man. And I, but I agree with you that he is fucked up enough, and that's the wrestling 
world sometimes, they turn shit into story and storylines. And what and his his SmackDown appearance just seemed like yeah the, the, he's I don't know it was just super weird to me I didn't it didn't seem like it was there was no like authenticity to it, it was seemed like character Vince well I was deeply bothered because of the allegations how supportive the fans were when dude. he came out and they were cheering like crazy and singing his song. And they were clapping for him and shit. And looking at the fans like, I get, I mean, I wouldn't be clapping. I would, maybe wouldn't be booing, but I wouldn't be like in support. Yeah, they were I'd supporting be waiting for him and celebrating. To, I would be sitting there waiting for him to explain something. And he didn't. Yeah. Whatever the hell that was. Right. We're in this dangerous time to where... And everything that just happened with Johnny Depp's an example, where you are you are guilty before proven innocent. But the stuff, the character that we know that Vince McMahon is, and the stuff that's coming out right. is on brand, dude. And you don't need to be worshiping the ground of someone like that, right? When those types of allegations are coming out, because we all have mothers, we all have sisters, some of us, and we have women in our lives. Right. And you should not, I don't care if you're a huge WWE fan and you know that, you know, people are, have a right to defend themselves and stuff. When you read that, you don't show blind support. No. Like you said, you... You might not have necessarily booed. You're definitely not clapping because you don't know what's fully going to unfold. But I'm waiting for some type of explanation, though. Yeah, and you. Then it's to weird. Get what we got is just like distasteful, man. It is, and you just see all those NDAs that that are coming out that he was issuing out to people. Three million dollars on NDAs, bro. That's crazy. And then the allegations of this. Old, this woman, I forget her name. Um, I think it was back in the '90s or late '80s, where he, they were like, to alone together talking about business, and he tried to make advances, and she wasn't about it, and then he forced it. Like you can't go into no like with those type of allegations with any type of support for that guy until he. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say until he explains anything, but I don't think you should support that at all. But it's he's got to come with some type of explanation. And what he did was just like, really, you're gonna stay in character, dude? Yeah, you're not gonna show any type of uh, humility. I'm surprised as a company that anyone else, like the board or anyone, just let him sh- show his face. It's almost like, cause like that's serious enough shit to cripple stuff, right? Yeah, to cripple, they could cripple the WWE. You could send all these people. The reason why WWE is as big as it is now is because it has so much partnership, it has so much brand behind it with its networks. Stuff like this sends those type of people and deals packed out the window, dude, flying out the window. They run from stuff like that because it's not a good look. Everything plummets, and the I just don't think uh, it doesn't seem like they're taking it. Serious. Doesn't seem like he's taking it serious. Well, I feel like we live in a weird time where no matter what 
comes out from this, even if it was proven to be true, people are so supportive of bad behavior that they'll turn a blind eye to it. Yeah. It's it's weird. Or even I would I would piggyback on that and say that it's like especially in Vince's case who's like uh you know, as a if you're a fan of wrestling, fan of WWE has done a lot of great things as rest as when it pertains to wrestling. So people look past Yeah, that's shit what I that's what I because they have this vision yeah. of this Right, God like Vince McMahon. That's what it is. They created something that's so passionate in their life. You know what I'm saying? But you got to be able to differentiate, bro. Right. There's groups of people. Has done something for me since I was uh, seven years old in first grade. Connected with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't connect with that. No, (laughs) me neither. There's groups of people nowadays that are so passionate about something or some individual. Yeah. In a weird way. Scary. That they completely throw any type of value that they have out the window. And, like, another thing to throw on, and you kind of mentioned it, with, like, his characters and stuff. Like, the things he would do in the early 2000s and the the Attitude Era where he was... It all makes sense. He was writing... Exactly. Like, it's like, God, he was doing that on screen. Imagine what he was doing behind screen. Yeah, it all makes sense. It adds up. why is it coming out now is what I want to know. Like, why now? Because there's more, and this is just, I think, the honest truth. It's more um, accepted and... Maybe women aren't as scared. Yes. To, That's to what I'm getting at. Up. It's more accepted to raise your, you know, raise awareness to what happened to yourself. Yeah. Whether whether it happened, and it's, there's a point to that. Whether it happened 5, 10, 25, whatever it is. Years ago, 10 years ago, it doesn't matter. Some weird shit happened. <laughs> and there's affairs and NDAs. I mean, I was. the more this comes out, the more it just gets like more and more like, what the heck? Like him and apparently him and Linda weren't, haven't been like living together for years. I'm not surprised by that. She probably knows that there's yeah. mad affairs happening. You know what I'm saying? Like for the most part, when there's that kind of money. When there's a billionaire trail of cash, you had to screw someone to get there. And there's a stink. You just we don't know about it. Right. You know, there that's that tier of a, a, wealth is so vastly different than the majority of the US population that in order to get there, you had to do some shady <laughs> shit. There's just no way you can convince me otherwise. Right. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like when's it gonna finally come out? Right. And how much money do you have to spend to cover it up for the entire time? You right, know? and but what the hell did you really do? It It's just another reason for me to be turned off by the WWE, though, the way that yeah. they handled that, the way he was able to speak, and it was the weirdest, cringiest. Here's, what I, here's my, here was my, like, one of my initial thoughts after that, was, like, if I'm a wrestler, top guy, bottom guy, mid-card guy, whatever, whoever you are, if I'm Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, how do you take that? What do you do? What do you do if that's not what you believe in? Obviously, you would hope so. What do you do, though? It's tough. You know tough. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you, what stance do you take, if any at all? Do you risk your job? Do you risk the career? Like, If, if do, CM do Punk you, was still there. Do you just say, you know, maybe screw the company and go somewhere else? Like... What do you do at that 
point. I just don't think anyone in the human. WWE right now has a spine like that. Do they get paid? And I saw that somebody tweet this earlier on through the wrestling Twitter that I follow. It's like there's been no noise made from any of the wrestlers about it, but they get paid too much to like not to like give a fuck. Well, that's you know embarrassing. It, that's fucked up. There's people in AEW right now that if they were on the WWE roster, they would be screaming to the high heavens right. and talking shit about that because yeah. it's not right. No. But and there's, there's a, a reason of, they're not a, on the WWE roster There's a anymore. lot of that hush shit in that company. Yeah. Where you get your voice gets silenced because of pushback, you know? Yeah. It's not accepted. I just personally... A, a key example is... Sasha Banks and Naomi, that just happened. Yeah. They pushed back on some shit that didn't make any sense to them. And when you read about it as a fan, really didn't add up. You could understand their side. And they get told essentially to shut up and like fix your attitude. You're talking about Sasha Banks, bro. Sasha Banks, when she moved up from NXT to WWE, the entire locker room came out and applauded her. The whole stadium where she, where they were at NXT, it was like the the birth of a new superstar for that yeah, company. She's and she beloved. was she was the biggest I'd say the biggest diva they've had in ten years. I agree to me, mm-hmm. bigger than Charlotte, bigger than fucking Ronda Rousey. She's terrible. <laughs> I hate that shit. <laughs> She's so bad on the mic. I hate it. Oh my god. I am so against Ronda Rousey. In, me too. In wrestling. It man. hurts it's my soul when tragic she speaks. to me. I want to. But I, I felt like she's been bigger than Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. Bigger than Becky Lynch. Yeah. She's just that. She just had that type of. Uh, her name carried that type of weight. I would say. Yeah. And to just silence them and put and just let them walk crazy man i'm just turned Company, off by the wwe the like the last it's tw- we we're in 2020 new now 2022 now i would say since 2019 2018 when all these releases started happening and they didn't none of them made sense it just i feel like wwe has been on a downhill spiral not a spiral but just on a downhill trajectory I agree, but then for me see, personally, I agree. But then you just see the fans and how they reacted towards Vince and yeah. SmackDown, and they still just have these passionate, loyal. They can do no wrong. It's like Lions, but fans. the people that have like <laughs> they're gonna show up yeah. every every time, regardless. Mm-hmm. But the people that have like tried something new or looked at something else, like like us, we see it. We're like, oh hell no, I'm not blindly following that cult. Or Here's anything. the thing, bro. Like AW. Is coming to Detroit, and I'm looking at tickets, and I'd I'd be a um, I'd like to go to that show. SmackDown and Raw have come here twice, I think, in the last six months. I've had plenty of opportunity to go to that show. I'm not going to SmackDown or Raw. It just it ain't the same to me, man. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. AEW either. draws more of my attention right now. Than I'm trying to go to AEW. Better hit me up. And I think there's some great talent in wwe of course and i think they can do some dope shit and i think there is some entertaining stuff but it's not AEW to me yeah as far as like entertainment level yeah i feel the same way and we should definitely go to AEW. i don't that shit's in uh that's june now july end of july 29th i'm down it's a wednesday night yeah 
We're, they'd be shit tickets. They're horrible tickets right now. Like upper. Oh little, really? Yeah, upper at little. We're gonna be watching the ants. But there's like flying off the cage. There's blood, in, like the blood and guts, like hell in the cell match is happening there, and uh, first show in Detroit. So it's gonna be fucking rocking, man. Yeah, I'm down. It would be fun just to go. You know what I'm saying? I went. Yeah. To, we went to one in Cleveland, and it was, it like brought back my passion. I was hyped. Like I'm not big into like going to events and stuff. Like I get social anxiety kind of. I uh, don't like to be around like a ton of people. Sometimes it just gets overwhelming at games and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I agree. But the a-, a wrestling is it's a totally different crowd. It's a totally different environment, um, and it's fun as hell. And AEW is great, man. We got to see Dynamite, and then you know a lot of the times they they film Rampage that night as well, and then they play it on Friday. So you're basically seeing two shows for the price of one. That's crazy. And bro, so much talent we saw that night. I mean, we saw everybody. Whether you saw them wrestle or not, they made appearances. They talked on the mic. CM Punk, MJF, Adam Cole. I mean, you go down the list of the talent that their load has, and we saw a lot of that. Jay Cargill. I mean, it was great. It That's was hype. I'm down yeah. to go for sure. <laughs> I didn't even know they were coming, so now I learned something. Yeah, this is their first time here. But yeah, so we'll. Uh possibly see if we can go to that for sure yeah and then we'll get together and we'll talk about the pistons draft and we'll talk more about the ufc stuff but thank you again dude for coming i know it's getting more and more challenging even to come out come That's over fun. here we, we did a record time quick one i feel like i know we're gonna bang them out quick now because you have to get back home <laughs> whip out a titty what right dad duties <laughs> bottle duty fucking shitty diaper duty <laughs> Well, this is a little outlet for you, I guess, but no, thanks again, is. dude, and I hope we can talk at least within the next month or something and get together, but absolutely, I'll Looking talk to you again to soon. Before I end this episode, I want to shout out the elite supplement brand, Caged. Caged was born of a need for ultra-premium, health-focused products that actually work. If you would like to learn some more about Caged as well as their products, you can click the link in my Instagram bio as well as the link associated with this episode. You can also use my promo code JG15 to save 15% on your order. The well-rounded piece.